Hello, welcome back to Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos Podcast. I'm your host, Al Sedano. And if you've been listening to the show this year, you know things have been a little rough with getting episodes out. What with all the moving I'm doing and uh, as I've said, uh, said on the show before, my wonderful new job time, which is from 10 p.m. till 7 a.m. and all that other fun stuff. I haven't been able to get out episodes as much as I would like. I was hoping to have two out a month, and I have not been able to do that. And then a few weeks ago, I saw a post from another show, Dave's Devil Podcast. You've probably heard the promo on the show before. If you're smart, you've already listened to the show. And in it, uh, basically Dave says in his post, and I'm quoting here, Things haven't been going my way in terms of making regular episodes. From dental work to viral infections and just plain life, the show has been on wobbly legs. But a solution has presented itself. Starting Sunday and for the following weeks of 2015, I'll be representing Xavier's podcast for Gifted Youngsters. This is a show I do with Michael Bailey and John M. Wilson. Yes, by the way, that John M. Wilson. In 2011, which has been dormant for a while, without a home. And basically he says this will allow me to build days of the podcast back up and uh, give breathing room, make more episodes. Coincidentally, as I was reading this, but in no way influenced by or quote-unquote stealing this idea, I thought, hey, there's actually been a few st- starts, false starts before this show started of things I tried that have been recorded that I tried doing podcasting-wise before this show was put up. I could do something like that. I could put those out so I can still have two episodes out for the rest of this year and give myself time to catch up and re-get these uh, Adam Warlock and Thanos episodes done for st- starting for next year. So that's what we have here today. My brother and I actually tried doing, coincidentally, a Daredevil podcast, which we were going to call Men Without Courage. Now, this is me and him talking about Daredevil 1. But it's the second half. I, The audio for the first half is completely corrupted and useless, so I can't use it. And actually, it's episode two. I'm not really sure what our plan was. This was recorded about a, two years ago, three years ago. I'm not sure why episode two was the second half of episode one. I mean, why didn't we just issue one? Why didn't we just do all of issue one? Did we want to make a time limit, like a half-hour show? And that, so once we hit a half-hour, we stopped? Not really sure. So, after I play a promo for Dave's Daredevil Podcast, which is I am just playing because I like the show and no way feeling guilt because I have stolen this idea from him, shamelessly. Not at all. Not at all. So after that, we'll go right right into uh, Men Without Courage, (laughs) Episode 2. I prowl the rooftops and alleyways at night, searching for justice. Blind justice. A guardian devil. (laughs) No, 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 that's not actually true. I'm not Daredevil, blind attorney by day and fearless crime fighter by night. No, I am J. David Weeder, a podcaster, but you can call me Dave. I do read about Daredevil and his adventures, and I podcast about it on my show, Dave's Daredevil Podcast. You see, it's it's my Daredevil, but you get it, you get it. 
Every Sunday, I read a Daredevil comic and share my thoughts and feelings on the issue, the characters, and the world of Marvel's Man Without Fear in an easily accessible audio form. And I want to take you along for the ride, so tune in each week as we meet Daredevil, his villains, his loves, and more hornhead goodness than you can shake a billy club at. That is every Sunday on iTunes and at www.daredevilpodcast.com. That is daredevilpodcast.com. Take the dare. Listen to Dave's Daredevil Podcast. Did I really just say take the dare? Good. All right. Hello. Welcome to episode two of Men Without Courage, the Daredevil Podcast. I'm Al. I'm Joe. And uh, if you're just joining us for the first time, uh, we are covering the second half of Daredevil number one from 1964, and the first appearance and first issue of Daredevil. And also, if you are joining us for the first time, why? We only have one other episode up. It's not like there's a lot, and you're halfway through the issue. Yeah, just it go says back. number one, part two. Just go back and listen yeah. to the first one. Please? Yes. It will make more sense to you anyway. All right, well, before we get started on this, I have a correction. When we were talking about Daredevil in college last time and said he went to State University, I thought it was supposed to be Empire State University, the fictional Marvel Universe college where a lot of other Marvel characters have gone, like Spider-Man, Doctor Doom, the Human Torch. It is not. I was actually looking that up on Wikipedia the other day, and I looked up Empire State University, and it did list all the people who like that they show in the books who have went there or who worked there or whatever, and Daredevil was not listed at all. So what did he go to? He went to some other school. Another state university? Yes. Hey, well, in New mean, York? Well, I'm sure it's New York State, so I mean, it's a big state, and I'm sure there's more than, there has to be more than one state university there in reality anyway. Oh, yeah. And now in this fictional world, you know, they can have as many as they want. So, I, that was incorrect. Yeah, shame on you. I feel great shame. It's on? Yeah. Okay, so now that we got my shame out of the way, we are going to continue on with the rest of issue one of Daredevil number one, which we... Stopped about halfway through. I believe we stopped at page 12, right? Yeah. So we're going to go on with 13. So I've re-listened to our episode, so if we didn't stop at this, sorry. Deal with the... Yeah, it's okay if we don't talk about two pages. It's all right. All right. So anyway, recap real quick from the first episode. Daredevil's uh, young map. Daredevil is breaking up a gang of guys who are basically just playing cards, but apparently work for somebody named The Fixer. Then we flash back to him as a kid. Uh, his mother's gone, his father's a boxer who's down in his luck, his father forces him to only study and not do anything physical because he wants him to be smart and not a washed up bum like he is. Mm-hmm. Dad eventually goes to work for the Fixer Boxing, meanwhile uh, Matt apparently ends up when he's a little older and teenager pushes some old man out of the way of a car that's carrying radioactive waste which falls on his face he goes blind but gets Incredible. His other senses are heightened to an incredible degree. At least he thinks it is. Yes. At least he thinks it is. And he's also a little more acrobatic, or at least he thinks it is, because he had been secretly been working out. And now he's in college, and he just went to see his father in a boxing match that his father was actually supposed to throw, but because he knew his son was there, I guess, can you say watching? I mean, he really wasn't watching. He was just kind of listening. Listening. <laughs> listening. Uh, he ended up winning the fight and pissing off the fixer who wanted him to throw it. Yeah. So now we go. His dad, Matt's, fa- his, his, Matt's father, is leaving the gym. He's very happy. Uh, his son is proud of him, so he doesn't care what the fixer does. And then he is shot. Is that what that thing is supposed to be? Crack is supposed to be like a gunshot? Yes, the panel he's shot in actually, since no one else can see it, unless they're reading along, is just a single black panel with just uh, the sound effect crack, C-R-A-C-K, 
in the middle. And the caption box says, Suddenly, the sharp, explosive sound of a gunshot destroys the silence of night and ends one man's revere forever. Well, what did he expect was going to happen? I guess he's kind of naive about how mobsters work. Mm. He should watch more movies. I would have told him he was going to get killed. Yeah, no, me too. What about Pulp Fiction? I don't think Pulp Fiction was out Bruce Willis knew he was going to get killed. So that's what Matt's dad should have done, was run away quickly and then save the fixer from uh, the gimp. Yeah. There you go. You save him from the gimp and you're fine. Work for Bruce Willis. Plus, that was an awesome scene in the movie. Yeah. Although the best part is when he kills John Travolta on the bowl. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool, too. Yeah. Oh, by the way, this is a spoiler podcast since we're reviewing in full an issue from... 40 if you years ago. Read this comic by now. I'm probably not going to read it. Some 40 years ago, and yeah. also, I guess, whatever else we're talking about, including Pulp Fiction, which is a movie from about 20 years ago. Yeah. So, but yeah. Spoiler warning. Anyway, so the, now. Now, this is interesting. The panel shows the cops and coroners looking at the body and, you know, realizing who it is. But the caption says, within seconds. So, within seconds, the cops are there, and the coroner and the ambulance. That's some pretty damn good timing. Well, if they're there within seconds, then shouldn't, shouldn't the uh, guy who shot him still be there? Yeah. How far could he have gotten? <laughs> I mean, you could literally still hear his like footsteps as he's running away. <laughs> I think Stan Lee maybe was a little off when he said within seconds. Maybe minutes or an hour. Yeah, Stan Lee has problems. Then again, considering the area of New York it's supposed to be and Kel's Kitchen probably within days. Yeah. Hey, this guy's in a bum. I think he's dead. Let's take his wallet. So, now, afterwards, you know, Matt is hurt, and he's laying on his bed crying. Foggy's telling him not to be such a pussy. <laughs> Pretty much. His da- him Foggy, his roommate, Foggy Nelson, who's going to law school, school with, is saying uh, that we'll be graduating soon. My dad's setting us up, setting me up in a law office. I want you to join me, Matt, as my partner. So, never knew that. That actually, he didn't have his own firm originally. Basically, Foggy's dad gave the money to start an office, Foggy money to start an office, and Matt Murdock joined in. Yeah. It's a big thing, but just interesting. I mean, we always knew he was a lawyer. Yeah. But, which also explains why it was always called Nelson and Murdock. Oh, not Murdock and Nelson, because think about it, though. Matt Murdock is generally considered the smarter one of the two. Foggy's been shown to be a good lawyer, but usually Matt's the one that's like the great one. But it explains why his name is not first. I thought uh, people wouldn't want a blind person as a lawyer, so he used Foggy as a first name. Well, that could be t- too, but I guess now we know why. It's his law. F- it's his firm, basically. He has his money. People- okay, so now finally the big day arrives: graduation, and Matt and Foggy are graduating and um, getting their diplomas, and they're all excited. And the next day in New York. They're look the Foggy's showing him the uh, law office they you know they, he's gotten, and he's introducing his secretary, and this is the first appearance of Matt's longtime love interest, Karen Page, and of course this being the early sixties, Karen does have the nice big bouffant hairdo. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about her boobs. No, I was actually also going to talk about the fact that the eyes look like she has a really lazy eye. Yeah, she does. I mean, it looks like there's something wrong there. It doesn't look like just a slight medical condition. It looks like she comes from down, deep down somewhere where, you know, parents had the same last name before they got married. But apparently Matt doesn't care anyway, because he's, as she's introducing herself, he's thinking, her voice is like music. From the sound, she's five feet four, young, and I know she's lovely. So I think he's a little smitten. 
So now, later on, Matt's at home and he's trying to think of uh, some way to get over the fact that his dad be murdered and he knows who did it. He knows who the fixed response. I know. I'll bang my secretary. <laughs> <laughs> that comes later. But he doesn't want to break his promise to his father to only use his brain. So he decides to be somebody else. And if he could be somebody else, then that person can do all the physical things. And he does, he's not breaking the promise to his dad. It's a technicality, but he's a lawyer. They, they live on technicalities. Yes. Well, technically, that's not Matt Murdock. That's Daredevil. It's still him. Shh. Sorry. Logic. So now he's looking for some old stuff he has that he's going to try and make a costume. And apparently the blind boy knows how to sew. Yeah, if you want to be a superhero, you have to know how to sew. And now, superhero knows how to sew. Here comes a part that I really believe you're right, that Matt Murdock is imagining the super senses. Because he's saying, I, I can even blend the colors for each colored fabric has a different feel to me. No, no, you don't. Because if you actually could see, you would have seen how horrible that original costume was, and you would never have made that. Yeah, you're a target. Especially, you're going out at night in bright yellow. So now, though, a few hours later, he has his costume made, and he's decided to be take the name that the kids used to taunt him with, Daredevil, and call himself Daredevil. Right now. So his costume's made. And then he decides that he's going to use this walk his cane that he uses as a blind man. And somehow he has the ability to modify this cane to the point where it can basically flip out and become like a billy club. So he can use it as a cane and a billy cl- and a club at the same time and it even extends. And he's not worried at all that he's using a blind person's cane that he uses himself. <laughs> but I like the fact he's saying it's perfect. I can use it in a hundred ways. I don't know about a hundred, maybe like a couple. I mean, he's throw, he's using it to grab onto something, and he's using it to like help keep himself in the air when he's jumping over a table, and he throws it at looks like bowling pins. What, on the list, which we didn't write up yet, but we'll write up eventually, of things to ask Stan Lee. Please name the hundred ways that Daredevil can use his cane. And we will be writing these things down so you can't repeat yourself. <laughs> I don't think Dan will have a hundred. To be fair, also stands over, like, I think stands over 90. Doesn't matter. I, I, I'm just, you know, I'm not trying to make fun of him. The, man, the man's in amazing shape mentally and physically for someone that age, but someone who's 90, you're usually happy they remember their name. You know? Not good enough, Stan. I would like to know reasons. these things. I'm not going to press Stan for the 100. I'd like five. I, I will set over five. I think he could do five. Anyway, go on. So now he has his costume and he has his weapon. He's ready to begin. And so he's walking through the streets of New York. He knows his dad manager was the fixer. So he's walking through the streets um, looking for where the fixer works at the gym that he owns and and then jumps in to beat up the guys who are there. And that brings us to where the beginning of the issue was, where he showed up and started beating up the guys playing poker. Right, uh so he's telling the guy he wants me want you know that he just beat up he wants him to take him to the fixer and the guy's like don't worry about it just hang out for a few minutes he'll be here he's come, he's on his way so could have saved himself some time and just hung out there oh you know he could be like knocking doors and say hi guys I want to see the fixer didn't have to beat everyone up it's a little rude I mean they weren't committing any crimes they were just sitting there playing cards he committed the crime he committed assault yeah so anyway, the fixer is showing up with two more of his guys <laughs> you know wanting to know what he wants and Daredevil tells me he wants to know what arrangement he had with Battling Murdoch, which is his dad. Mm-hmm. Fixer's not happy about hearing that name mentioned. 
and one of his guys decides to start pulling a gun, which Daredevil throws a billy club at him, knocks it out of his hand, and picks, grabs it back as it comes back, kind of like Captain America's cane, uh, shield. So I'll give him credit for that. It was, you know, that was useful. Yeah, I can't see that happening, but hmm. maybe. I can't maybe. see Blind Man show, I, I'm so impressed the Blind Man showed the costume up that well. I also like one fact about his costume is that it always covers his eyes. Uh, yeah. Like, you can see where the eyes are, but the eyes are always colored, it seems, the costume, because yeah. he doesn't have eye holes. Yeah, he doesn't need them. You know, is that how his costume always is? Yes. Yeah. I mean, one, one thing, I don't ever remember anyone ever mentioning that, like, dosing, you don't have eye holes. Do yeah, well, I would just assume that they're, like, the things that you cover your eyes, but, like, Spider-Man's eyes. True. Yeah, I, I that didn't bother me too much. So Fixer's guys are trying, you know, new guys are trying to, you know, take down Daredevil, because I have no idea who this guy is, and he's able to... You know, sends them sneaking up on him. He's tripping him. He's knocking him down. He's knocking the guns away. And then, you know, uh, you know, he's telling the, you know, fixer, you know, calm down unless, you know, you like, you know, take some of this yourself. And the fixer, who's actually pretty smart, decides, I'm going to handle this. Yeah. We're not doing, he tells him, we're not doing anything wrong. We're going to call the cops on you. You showed up here and started beating us up. Which actually, <laughs> it's about pretty, time. Yeah. Pretty damn smart. Yeah, like we haven't done anything. Yeah. You're not a cop. But Daredevil instead just throws his cane at the guy with the phone and knocks it out of his hand. And then tells him, Fixer, I suspect you responsible for the death of battling Murdoch. Why don't you confess now and save us all a lot of trouble? And he's kind of like, it's funny, like Daredevil's like leaning down, relaxing, looks like he's playing at the club. We're used to Daredevil being all gritty and serious, and this Daredevil looks like he's kind of having fun, even though he's trying to solve his dad's murder. He's kind of having, like, they're trying to definitely make him a bit like a Spider-Man type character. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's joking about it, he's finding his fun, he's like, yeah, I can take you out, don't worry about it. So the fixer tells him, nope, I didn't do it, I got an alibi. And Daredevil reveals another power that he oh. didn't think about, that he didn't mention or talk to himself about before. He says, I have a, he's thinking, I have another power I wasn't even aware of. I can hear his pulse rate. It's speeding up, indicating he's lying. My super sense of hearing is like a built-in lie detector. Well, maybe he's just stressed because some guy in a yellow suit threw a cane at his hand and broke his hand. Oh, that's his friend. Well, yeah. anyway, this guy's beating the shit out of all his crew. My heart would be pumping, too. But, well, it's also true, but the fact that we don't have the fixer was guilty of that anyway, so let's yeah. just give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. So Daryl tells him, doesn't matter if you have an alibi, you may, might not have done it, but you gave the order. And the other fixer's trying to get a little worried. He's like, guys, stay back. Don't let him get me. And one of the fixer's guys now, who kind of looks a bit like Lurch from the Adams Family, the big guy. Yeah, he does. With a hat. Yeah. And a nicer suit. He's the one, apparently, he's thinking he's the one that did the murder. And he ends up shoving Daredevil out the window, because Daredevil apparently is too busy paying attention to the fixer. Doesn't hear the guy go up behind him and shoves him out. And Daryl falls, but luckily for him, there's a flagpole he's falling right by. Very convenient. And uses his cane to, to grab onto flagpole and swing back up, and he pops back in the window. There are a lot of flagpoles in early '60s Marvel. Yeah, you New need York City necessity. Everyone had, everyone needed them. Spider Man, him, Human Torch, whoever was flying around. You know. Honey, we need a flagpole. <laughs> what if Daredevil gets thrown out of a window? So now, meanwhile, the other side of town, while Daredevil's fighting the Fixer and his men. Foggy Nelson apparently he's decided to go visit his friend, but no one's there. So he's walking around, you know, a little worried about Matt because blind guy walking around all alone, and decides to go to the office instead to, you know, get for you know, look, take, check out the place, get used to it. And he shows that 
fair, that Karen is there too, even though it's her day off, because she's a stranger to New York as well. And so she's going to tidy up and check he, out the office. He caught her stealing money for dope. They don't have money yet, and they just started. Oh. They have no money there. So anyway, so they're chatting a little bit about Matt. And speaking of Matt, he is still back with the Fixers guys, telling them, you know, I don't care all about you guys leave. I just want to deal with the, I just want these two Slade, who's the one that actually pulled the trigger, and the Fixer, who's the boss. And the other guys are like, okay. Really? They just leave? <laughs> yeah. They're like, we don't care. You know what? You beat the crap out of us so much that we're just going to leave. Ooh. Well, that's not smart. Now they're going to get killed. How are they going to get killed? They know this guy. Basically, this guy's been taking them all apart, so they, they figure he's going to take out the Fixer. So what? The Fixer's going to go to jail? You see mob movies. They have more power in jail. They could still get have you killed inside of jail. To be fair, this is the first appearance of Daredevil. They don't know how Daredevil operates. They're probably assuming Daredevil will kill him. Would have killed him by now. I would kind of just veer off into the corner. Well, either way. I feel like I'm on your side, but I'm, I just got to tie my shoe. <laughs> <laughs> For the next 30 minutes. Yeah. Still well, learning. Either way, they're like, screw it, we're out of here. All right. So not only the two of those guys are left, and they're telling Daredevil, you don't have, you know, you can't prove we did this, you have no evidence, so go to hell. And Daredevil actually lies to them and says, I have a tape recorder, mini tape recorder in my billy club. I'll tell the police all they need to know. But the fixer grabs a rug and pulls it out from under Daredevil and tells, and him and Slade run. Did he break his wrist? No, he wrenched his arm, so he's running after them, trying to find them. While they're in the he middle. He wrenched his arm? Yes. What does that mean? And kind of like sprained it. Oh, okay. So he's running down after them. Meanwhile, Slade and Fixer mix in with the crowd outside because it's a Saturday afternoon and they're hoping he won't be able to find them. But Daredevil changes back to Matt so they don't know who he is and he is following this. Following the smell of Fixer's cigar, walking around behind, following them. That makes sense. Yeah. I like that. And now they're down. The, it follows them down to the subway, and over, can hear them making the plans of how they're going to escape. And when they're not looking, he changes back into Daredevil and shows up right there. And they're all freaked out, of course, because we would have seen this guy in this bright yellow costume. Where the hell did he come from? Yeah. How did he get here? And they decide to split up because he can't get them both. So Daryl throws his billy club at Slade, who gets tricked, who gets tripped, and then picks up. And then this uh, weird thing apparently decides to pick up a crash can and roll it after the fixer while running on top of it because apparently that'll make him go faster. Yeah, I don't understand that. Yeah, me either. But it's kind of a funny panel. I do like the look of it. The so. panel's kind of cool. Yeah. And Fixer's running and screaming. He's freaking out. The guy's going to get him. And apparently, since the Fixer is overweight, in bad, you know, in bad shape, and smokes cigars a lot, and now all this running and activity is not good for him, and <laughs> he has a heart attack and dies. He's dead? He's dead. As Daryl says here, no pulse, no heartbeat. Seems like a heart attack will save the state the expense of a trial. Ooh. And the cops, you know, the transit police are showing up there going, hey, what's going on here? As they see this freaky guy in a yellow costume standing over a... Uh, and the other cop says, I know what's going on. That guy in the costume just, like, uh, what do you call it, uh, harassed that guy enough until he had a heart attack. <laughs> Basically, that's what happened. <laughs> so, really, he should be under arrest for murder. So, what Daryl does is apparently jumps onto a train that's going by yeah. and grabs onto it. 
but he tells them, follow me, boys, I've got a little job for you. So my question is, is this train slowing down? Because it's one thing to believe, let's say, Daredevil grabs grabs onto a train, subway train that's going yeah, by. Yeah, I can believe Daredevil can do it. But <laughs> if it's, if unless it's stopping, he can't be telling the cops to follow him, because by the time he says that, he's already like 20 minutes away from them. Yeah. And leaps off the train onto Slade. I don't get it. So he jumped on train with all the cops. Well, I think he jumped on the train, literally not in the train, but actually he's holding on the outside. I'm assuming, since they're on the same platform, that the train... (coughs) Let's say he's with the fixer at one end. Slade was over at the other end. The train's coming in and slowing down. So he grabs onto the train to get himself to the side quicker. Okay. And so then when the train stops, he jumps off and lands on Slade, who's getting up, and holds him down. And then lies to Slade and tells him that the fixer just told us everything, that he's innocent and you're the murderer. And of course, Slade's like, nope, not me. He's like, I just, I did it, but it was his orders. He told me to do it. Because he's hoping then to get the fixer in trouble, not realizing the fixer's dead. Yeah, that's the stuff you say when, um, to the lawyers when you've gotten a deal. Yes. Not to a vigilante. But anyway. But anyway, he does, and the cops are there and they hear it. So they arrest Slade. And Daredevil leaves and shows up at the law office where Foggy and Karen still are. They ask, where have you been? We were worried about you. He's like, just out for a walk. He says, I've been here sooner, but as you know, I can't get around too fast. Because, you know, superheroes make fun of the fact that, you know, of his weak identity. And meanwhile, Karen tells him, we just had to call Mr. Murdoch an accused murderer named Slade. He wanted to know if we'd defend him. A little bit of irony. Yeah. But Foggy tells him, I turned him down from the police report. I was convinced he's guilty. Hope you don't mind, Matt. And Matt tells him, don't mind, don't mind at all. And hopes his father's resting easier now. And that was the end of number one of Daredevil. Number two coming up, apparently we'll have Daredevil face his first supervillain. Electro. Does it say that? I I know it's Electro. Okay. So, that was the end of Daredevil 1. He... Gets his powers. He, he gets his origin of, his, of why he's Daredevil because of his father, both wanting him not to be active and also his father not being killed. And he even solves his father's murder. Very nice and neat. Yeah. All done. Not bad for 1964. Not bad. Is that it? Yep, that was it. Now, if you, if you are interested in more Daredevil, if you want to actually read this issue... Or other early issues of Daredevil, there are a couple ways you can do it. Uh, there are a couple ways it's been printed. You can pick up the Marvel Masterworks hardcover volume one of Daredevil, which reprints the first 11 issues. Uh, the general price, cover price is usually about $50, but depending on where you get it, like on Amazon, eBay, or in stocktrades.com, you probably can get it for cheaper. There is Marvel's Essential line, which in case you don't know, are soft cover reprints that are in black and white, but you get about 20, 25 issues for about 20 bucks, so it's a nice little bargain, and the first volume of Daredevil reprints Daredevil 1 through 25. Uh, Marvel does have several of their comics available online to buy digitally. This one is, uh, so they do have Daredevil number one on there. I believe it's about $1.99 most places I've seen. Or you can do what we did and yep. just pay for the year, the yearly... Uh... Marvel has their own website on their, uh, on their Marvel's website. They do have a lot of their comics on there on kind of a library program like Netflix where you pay one price and you get to see as many of them as you want. It's a good deal. You pay $60 for the whole year and there are a lot including like the first 
40 or 50 issues of the original Daredevil run. Yeah, most of the Daredevil ones are going to read or off off of this. Or, of course, if you really want, if you really love Daredevil, you want to go hardcore with it, you can look up and try and find the original Daredevil number one, which I actually did a brief look before, and it's only going for about $1,500 on eBay. It's not bad. So, $1,500. Yeah. For one comic. 24 pages. And, hey, at least at the end, Karen does look a little less special. Yeah. The eye, I think she got her eye fixed. Yes. It was, it's not a real eye. It was a fake eye. Oh, she got the fake eye? Yeah. It's an improvement. Yeah. Well, hope you Or, didn't. what about the... No, that's not this one, though. Oh, really? That's the new version. That's the new data. Oh, then never mind. You don't need to know. Yeah, we're just going to delete yeah. that part. Okay. We're gonna All right, that's it. So that was it for Benfot Courage number two, the second half of Daredevil number one. Hope you enjoyed this little bit of a trip down into Silver Age Marvel. Yeah. And hopefully we'll be back with us next time as we cover number two of Daredevil. Bye. Bye. Fantastic Arts is your guide to the Fantastic Four from the beginning of the Marvel Age of Comics in 1961 onwards. Each week, Steve Lacey and Andy Leyland cover every issue, spin-off, guest appearance and cameo, and more. And in 2015, we begin our journey through the decade that Taste forgot, the 1970s. Join us as we take a look at... The departure of Jack Kirby and Stan Lee. The Kree Skrull War. The arrival of Marvel Team-Up. Bill Murray as the Human Torch. Creators including Roy Thomas, George Perez, Marv Wolfman, Jerry Conway, Rich Buckler and John Byrne. And of course, Marvel 2-in-1. All this and more at ffcast.libsyn.com and on iTunes and Stitcher. The Fantastic Cast. Insert catchy tagline here. Wait, what? Normally, here's where we will be doing the Friends and Emmys section of the show. And that's where we talk about what other books that Adam or Thanos have appeared in before and see where they're at at the cover date of whatever book we're talking about. This time's a bit different, obviously, because the cover date for Daredevil number one is April 1964, which is a few years before either of them made their first appearance. But what the hell? This could be fun. So... Let's see. We have Avengers, which has not started yet, so that's out. Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel hasn't appeared yet, so that's out. Fantastic Four, because that's where Adam first appeared. And this month we have Fantastic Four number 25 by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, The Hulk vs. The Thing. And yeah, this is part one of a two-part story, which guest stars the Avengers and basically has all of them teaming up to take on the Hulk. And if you want to hear an actual good description of this, go listen to Fantastic Cast episode 25. I'll put a link into the uh, show notes. Okay, Hulk? Well, Hulk doesn't have a title right now. He's homeless, except for right now Fantastic Four 25. Iron Man. Iron Man doesn't have his own book. But he is appearing in Tales of Suspense, number 52, by Stan Lee and Don Heck. The Crimson Dynamo Strikes Again. I haven't had a chance to read that one yet, but obviously the Crimson Dynamo returns. Marvel Premiere hasn't started yet. And finally, we have Thor, appearing still in Journey to Mystery, issue 103, by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. 
the mighty Thor, menaced by the Enchantress and the Executioner. You can kind of guess what happens there. Now we're up to the part of the show where I shamelessly beg for feedback. Here goes. You can email the show at resurrectionspodcast at yahoo.com, follow us on Facebook, just search for Resurrections and Adam Warlock Podcast, or on Tumblr at resurrectionsadamwarlock.tumblr.com. On both these pages, we post new episodes, as well as images from issues we have covered and what are the random stuff I feel like. The show isn't on Twitter, yet, but I am. You can follow me, at Rebus02, R-E-B-I-S-02, or just use hashtag ResurrectionsAdamWarlock. In fact, do that anyway, because that'd be pretty cool. This show can now be found on Stitcher. In case you don't know what Stitcher is, Stitcher is Radio On Demand, a free app that lets you listen to all your favorite shows, plus discovered from 20,000 others. Available on iOS, Android, Nook, and iPad. Don't have Stitcher? Download it free today at Stitcher.com or in the App Store. I put up a promo the other month for a potential show called Selling My Comics. What with the whole big move and everything and leaving the state and me having way, 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 way too many comics and figures and things along those lines to move with me, I was going to have to sell them. Um, I thought about doing a podcast for it, but A, with barely having the time to do get this show out, and also I really couldn't find a way to make that show work. I couldn't think of a way beyond basically sound like I'm copying uh, Merge Time Bubble from Comic Geek Speak. And, you know, one copy is enough. Like, let's say... Not that this is a copy of what Dave's doing at Dave's podcast, but one copy's enough. Okay? One rip-off's enough here. I'm not going to do too many of them. That's just, that's just that's where I draw the line. I'm just going to... So I'm going to be taking that down soon, that promo, when I get around to it. But, yeah, I am selling my crap anyway. A lot of comics, figures, and stuff. So, you know what? Hey, if you want to take a look at it, go on eBay. My eBay name is lowercase a 090275 Look to see what I'm selling. If there's anything you you like, great. And if you win something from me, just the main reason I'm saying this right now is email me. Let me know that you won something and you listened to the show. And I'm going to make sure then to send you a little something extra if I have something that goes along with it. Or maybe I'll take off the shipping or at least cut down the shipping or something. But if you're a listener and you're actually buying something from me, I want to do something a little extra for you, a little nicer. So... That's why I'm letting you know that's me. So if you're on eBay and you're buying stuff, you're like, ooh, I like Living De- the Living Dead doll you have up because I have some of those. Or I like those Batman No Man's Land comics you put up there. Or I want to buy those issues of Power Company, which I not – actually, I think I sold all of those. Anyway, you know, you win, great. Send me an email either on there or here on the show and say, hey, I am this person and I won this from you. And I'll give you a little something extra. There you go. That was Men Without Courage, Episode 2. My first attempt at podcasting. And I'm sure it shows. So, not sure how much more we did of that one. I think we might have done one more episode. I have to double check and see if I can find it. And maybe at some point if you actually want, or if I ever get desperate enough again, I will play it. But for now, that at least covers up for the second episode of November. And for our first episode in December, I am going to be playing 
a different show that we tried doing called Capes and Popcorn. I'll let you know what it is next month when I play it and what it's about, but if you want to send in your guesses, go right ahead. Oh, and if there was any... If you heard the metal clanking sound in the background, sorry about that. I couldn't help it. It was my parents' cat. He's makes that noise when he wants his food or when he's eating, and he always wants food. I will see you guys all next month for another episode of Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos Podcast, which will once again not have anything to do with Adam Warlock or Thanos. I really have to work on this truth and advertising thing. Bye! Resurrections, an Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast, is a fan-made production, and no copyright infringement is intended, or happening, or even understood. The opening music for this podcast is Intro Pompeii by Lino Rise, and the closing music is Dark and Dramatic by DJ Puzzle. Both are licensed by the Creative Commons license. You can find Lino Rise at free-intro-music.com and DJ Puzzle at peaceloveproductions.com. Links to both can be found on the Tumblr page. Test, 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 testy testicles, test.